Welcome to another episode of Professors at Work, the weekly podcast from the American University of Beirut, where we talk with professors and scholars about the research they're doing, what they're finding, and what it means for the rest of us. I'm your host, Rami Khouri. Our guest this week, I'm very pleased to say, is Professor Rima Karami. She's a tenured associate professor of education, leadership, and policy, and she has worked extensively in Lebanon and around the region in primary and secondary school with students, with teachers, with principals, and she's focused very much on understanding what is the level of quality and efficiency in the schools and how can it be improved. So, Professor Karami, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Rami, for having me. You have extensively done this research on the ground in the schools, and this is really one of the critical issues in the, in the Arab region, the, the slow deterioration of the education level, especially in, in public schools, and that's why so many people are going to private schools. And some mm -hmm. testing shows that almost 50% of primary and, and, and secondary graduates don't meet minimum requirements in reading, writing, and arithmetic. It's quite frightening. So tell us, why did you uh, choose to do your research on this topic? So my what I focus really uh, on is actually school improvement, school reform, specifically uh, the, the one that is at the school level. So my, my main focus is to ask this question, like why, what should we do to make school improvement work at the school mm -hmm. level? I got into this because I was pretty intrigued, you know, when I started looking uh, into previous experiences and what is happening around the region with mm -hmm. uh, how much we are investing effort, money, resources, and we're getting nowhere. So mm -hmm. there's like this whole mystery about like what's going on there? Why, why isn't it working? Why aren't we seeing uh, impact on the students? Why aren't we seeing uh, our teachers being more effective? So this is how it all started for me. So I, I started asking those questions and looking into the background of school improvement, school reform in the Arab region. The other piece for me that uh, was very, very important is that I really wanted to come up with solutions. It, it really had been, like you said, going on for too long, uh, not working, and it is deteriorating. We're not going anywhere. Uh, with our students' performance. So I felt that we, we really need to be working fast, not only to understand, but also to figure out exactly what needs to happen. So this is why the research I engage in is not only focusing on school improvement, but also um, I, I, uh, the methodology I use is uh, action research. And action research, not uh, just, uh, you know, the regular action research, but also what we call collaborative action research. Why? Because I believe very strongly that if we are to engage fast in this process of understanding and making changes on the ground, we ought to involve the practitioners. So we ought to involve the teachers, we ought to involve the principals, they need to be with us, their voice need to be represented, their perspective mm -hmm. need to be represented in what we are finding. So it's not just our opinion, us researchers going and trying to discover what is wrong there. We, I really uh, uh, wanted to hear their voices and their perspective on that matter. So Let me so just this, interrupt for a second, Rima. Yes. What, about, what about the other people in that population, the students, the parents, the alumni, uh, yes. the officials, if it's public school, uh, government Absolutely. people, there's a, there's a whole range of people beyond teachers and principals. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, uh, you know, probably my focus on uh, stating that these are the people that I wanted to hear the most about because mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, uh, start with them becoming, in, making sure that they are engaged. Typically, mm -hmm. people in official positions, in, uh, you know, uh, formal leadership roles, whether in ministries, we have very much a centralized in most of the Arab world, very centralized system when it comes to reform. It is typically top down. They are already uh, kind of engaged. I'm definitely part of the problem. So, yes, definitely they are engaged. When we talk about um, uh, engaging the voices, it's the practitioners and all the stakeholders, but definitely with a primary, primary uh, focus on those practitioners. Why? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately what we want to end up with is those practitioners leading the, those initiatives. So what, again, my, my research where it took me is to try to figure out what would it take to initiate lead and sustain improvement once we we really get to it and and the key players that we started with i started with with my team uh, is uh, are the principals and the teachers uh, okay. both be, because they are the ones that are the closest uh, to the to the students to, to what is happening uh, to the needs of those students. They are also the closest to the community. They are the one already engaged with the parents. So engaging the parents happen through them. And um, so we don't directly go to the parents, but rather encourage the principals and the teachers to bring in the parents, to bring in community members that uh, uh, they, they see, deem uh, important and influential in their area, whether through uh, providing resources, funds, mm -hmm. and right. and of course we uh, we have at all. You know, the ultimate goal is that as we engage this group, is to reach out to the policymakers and reach out with proposals that are grounded in the experiences of these people. So this is why the focus always has been uh, in the start on the teachers and the principals. So can we get right to the heart of the issue? What have you found with your research? What is what is the problem or several problems? And then what do you think can be done about it? And from your research, you're trying to find solutions. What can actually uh, be done? But tell us first, what are the issues that really cause the problem to exist in mediocre education? Yeah, so so definitely one, one of the reasons, uh, big reasons, is that uh, it is very much uh, centralized, top-down, with completely uh, disregard to what is happening on the ground. Uh, the, another big reason is that the understanding of what con what constitutes school improvement is very much equated with let's get this innovation, you know, like we want to in uh, introduce some technology in the classroom. So really piecemeal uh, 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 new ideas that, that typically are not necessarily the priority of the people on the ground, not necessarily uh, constitute something that uh, fits into a bigger vision of what they aspire about. So so one of the biggest problem is that there is no coherence uh, mm -hmm. in the attempts that are made. There is no strategy. At all levels, there is no strategy. Yani, you look at the school level and you see, you ask people, okay, so why are you engaged in that? And I often hear answers like, okay, the other school next door, or if it is a public school, they will tell you, yeah, the ministry, it was mandated. There is this project uh, that they brought the school. Nobody answers with like, 
oh, because this fits into our vision for our mm -hmm. students. That, that, this leads us to a certain profile for the student. So they, they immediately focus on, the, uh, you know, take you to the, what, what they are doing. And, and the picture becomes like this puzzle that for somebody coming from the outside, it doesn't make any sense. You don't right. see the, uh, the complementarity. Why, why are we focusing now, for example, on the seventh graders and suddenly jumping into the ninth graders? Why do we want now to do curriculum and, uh, and uh, uh, forget completely about maybe the resources that are needed? That need Nobody can give you really a strong rationale that fits into the strategy. So this is really a huge uh, problem. Uh, and then with that, connected with that, is that nobody think about the process. So, uh -huh. so even, even when they want to introduce a new idea in their schools, nobody take time to say, okay, so how do I deal with that? So what, we, what I found is that a lot of the uh, 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 people engage in the improvement, again, at all levels, but most importantly, at the school level, mm -hmm. they, they don't understand the nature of change. They don't understand that when we bring something new to the school, whether it is uh, a new textbook to use, uh, whether it is, uh, again, technology, uh, uh, in introducing technology, that this is, this is actually a change that is disrupting certain habits. Uh, this is a change that requires not only specific skills to be able to introduce it, but also ability to manage the change process, to manage right. how people will react, how people might resist, how people might fear from it because they doubt, like, why are you now suddenly uh, wanting to do this? Why do you want to bring this? Why do you want us to build those partnerships with the parents? We always mm -hmm. work without that. So yeah, any idea yeah. that is introduced, it is a novel idea. And typically human beings with novel ideas have a normal reaction to it. And right. there is no preparation whatsoever that is given to uh, the teachers, to the principals that are supposed to be executing those ideas. So, but, so this was another big uh, uh, problem and a really major gap uh, that we found. Let's say the stagnation and, and some deterioration um, in, uh, in general uh, public schooling across the region Obviously, there's pockets of excellence, and some people are doing great things here and there, which uh, you've encountered. But the general uh, weak trend in education is something that the educators themselves have noticed, obviously, from school dropout rates, from uh, oh, yes. poor test results, uh, people leaving the public schools, going to private schools. So they know about this. Why, why has there been no real action on the part of the officials, whether at school level or uh, system level? Okay, so, in, in, you know, like I, I will give a quick answer on the system level. This is not what I research in depth from the uh, encounters that I've got is because, uh, again, they see the problem. If you sit with them, they think they are fixing it. Mm -hmm. They think they are doing what is supposed to be done. And, and yes, they will tell you, oh, you know, they, they typically will attribute it to resources or they will attribute it to the teachers or what's happening. So they will find all kinds of excuses. But right. from where they are, they, they think they are um, initiating and doing what, is ha uh, what needs to be done. Okay, so yes, they'll see yes. the problem, of course. Now, from the school level, it's because uh, uh, typically the teachers, they, the, the way their role is framed is that it does not expect them to do anything other than do what they are taught. 
Right. And unfortunately, what they are told is, like I said, piecemeal, not with no vision, not very strategic typically. So the, what happens is that when we look at the majority of what is uh, that the schools and the teachers in the school, the majority, what they are, what's happening with them is that they are almost like uh, uh, crippled, you know, like yeah. they are trapped. Uh, yes. and, and I've encountered many, many teachers with really great ideas where mm -hmm. they are uh, very worried to introduce something in the classroom because the supervision, uh, because the inspectors that come from, if they are public schools from the ministry, is expecting something very different from them. So they right. go like, oh, you know, like uh, if they come and see me sitting with the kids on the floor, which is, or, or having uh, an active engagement of these kids, this will look like a noisy classroom. They, they are mm -hmm. not expecting me to have a noisy classroom. So, so there is, again, this this disconnect between uh, leaving room for the teacher to experiment to to really bring forth some new ideas and so th there is this and mm -hmm. between the expectations from those teachers if i might call them the formal expectations mm -hmm. that are coming from the system the few of them the excellent uh, examples and there are quite many of those mm -hmm. they yes. are the exceptions you know yes. it's exactly like you go to a school and you go like I'm a great school. Look, you know, uh, uh, two of my graduates uh, made it to Harvard. Yeah, mm -hmm. big deal. Because those who made, if, two, if only two of your students made it there, you know, then big deal because these students don't even need you. These yes. students can learn on their own. Now, right. you want to, to make a claim for fame? You tell me the percentage of the kids that manage that were college-bound, the percentage of kids that they managed to have successful careers. So the same thing. We have exceptions. We have exceptional mm -hmm. teachers, we have exceptional uh, principals, and, and not only the ones that manage to make a difference, they are not only exceptional in their knowledge, but also they are fighters. So they are natural leaders, they are natural initiators, and they are so oriented to the kids. So they go like, okay, I might be punished, I might be reprimanded, but I know that this is what is right for, to be done with the, for the kids, so I'm doing it. So, right. so you find those examples a lot, uh, you know, especially in, in the areas like in uh, Lebanon, in Jordan, uh, in, in the areas where the educational system does not have too many resources. So mm -hmm. like resources are not really abundant uh, because, right. you know, like in the Gulf area, it's a little bit different. Uh, there are diff it's the same issue, but it, the manifestation of it is very uh, different. So, yes. so this is another reason why the, the teacher, you know, like very much go with the compliance. Uh, they are not encouraged to be creative. They are not encouraged to be innovative. They are not rewarded for that. They have to fight for it. So they ended up going like, okay, is that what they want us to do? All I need to do within the space given to me, I'll be the best teacher I can. So if I'm a chemistry teacher, I'll do my best chemistry teaching. Yes. And that's it. I'm sitting there. And, so this, you know, this, this, sorry to interrupt, this sounds like a, a reflection of the broader condition in the Arab world where citizens, whether they're government employees, teachers in public schools, whatever they may be, are not encouraged to use their mind to be creative, to solve yes. problems, take initiatives. They're encouraged just to stick to the rules, do what they're supposed to do, uh, yep. play by the book, and, and don't worry about the results. Yes, and unfortunately, this is, you know, absolutely this is it. True, and unfortunately, the books they have to play by, a lot of them are, uh, you go from the extreme of being completely outdated, 
not not really up to date with what we know now in pedagogy in child development there is so much know-how that is out there so we still have many arab countries where you have teachers in the classroom with zero pedagogical training so these are teachers that uh, know chemistry but not necessarily how to teach chemistry they know uh, so they know the content They, they they are our uh, uh, they have the expertise in the content knowledge, but not necessarily uh, in in uh, uh, how to really convey it. So you right. go from this extreme to the other extreme where they they are being put, you know, like this whole movement about accreditation uh, with uh, international ag- uh, uh, agencies like, for example, the IB, uh, you know, NIASC, CIS. So there is all kind of international uh, accreditation that typically comes should come as the cherry on the top not the goal by itself and what's happening is that they are becoming the goal by itself but uh, the the main goal and uh, with for with that when when it is the main goal uh, uh, you know you have issues of the identity of the kids you have uh, uh, issues to what extent you are preparing kids to be uh, the graduate, to become citizen, to be engaged in their community, to serve their right. community. You know, you might be succeeding with global citizenship in mm-hmm. few elite schools that mm-hmm. are, you know, typically extremely expensive, but not right. necessarily achieving uh, the aim of education as, you know, preparing the next generation of the people that will work on the development of their own uh, communities because they they are part yeah. of their community and and proud about it. So well, so you have those two extremes. It's, going it on. sounds it sounds like uh, if I can say so a typical kind of post colonial situation where there's more attention being paid to what people internationally think or suggest yeah. and and then there is to the well being of our own citizens and that's maybe why we've got a couple of hundred million young Arabs out on the streets protesting for the last ten years trying to overthrow yes. their governments because they can't find jobs and their electricity is not working and their water is not so good and, and it's just a terrible situation. So we don't have much time uh, left, uh, Rima. Could we, yes. in the last four minutes or so, could we look at, uh, so what, what do you propose with your research findings then? How do you actually bring about uh, the improvement at the schools. What are you so, proposing? So one, so there are, of course, I, I can't solve all the problems of the world in, in one, but but one of the strategy that that emerged out of the action research that I uh, was that I have been working on is is that since all these processes of change, where you know there is there is nothing that is out there uh, that gives a roadmap, a pathway, so we came up with one. Uh, mm-hmm. So they they basically we go to a school and uh, we start with the schools. So my proposal is that uh, as we think about strategies and policies at the national level, we need to be starting doing work at the school level. And at the school level, we need to give them a strategy, a process on how they to introduce change where we invite them to be agents. We invite them to be leaders and we engage them in that. We do that while at the same time learning as well what are the obstacles they are facing. So other than starting only trying to predict the obstacles, we engage with them and we tell them, let's create this space where uh, as you do things, as you are trying to improve based on your priority, based on your felt need, we're going to uh, rally around you 
and try to remove these obstacles from your way. What happened is that we know about adult development that when they live a success story, mm-hmm. one success story, they are more likely to repeat it. So this way you promote their agency. That's what you're doing with the teachers and the mm-hmm. principals at the school level. And of course, as they engage in this process that really um, uh, coach them on how to manage the change and how to lead it, they they start feeling safer and more, uh, you know, their self-efficacy increase in terms of, yes, I can come up with ideas. So we work on them becoming more uh, uh, reflective, more inquirers. Uh, we also give them skills about uh, planning so yes. you don't you don't wait for somebody to come and and give you the plan to execute you design it yourself you can right. do that so so this the, so we that's part of what uh, emerged of as i'm trying to answer all these questions and understand about mm-hmm. the problems we have a program that we bring into the school that start with a small team uh, we build their capacity and typically this small team coaches another group within the school mm-hmm. so and then the school turn into uh, this uh, more active uh, field of agency. We, we call it that we build their leadership capacity as a school. And, and yes. this is what will um, uh, hopefully first optimize the conditions they are in, because it's not perfect conditions. Typically, resources are not sufficient. Policies mm-hmm. are not really co- uh, cooperative. But, but before we start pushing against those, we want to optimize the con- like what they can perform within the conditions they have. And as right. they gain uh, more uh, uh, you know, skills and they make progress and experience success, they start themselves pushing against the restraint that they have. And when I use pushing, they propose. Yani they come yes. up with proposals let, and they can then engage in policy discussions. Yes, let, let me interrupt because we only have a minute left. Given yes. this experience, have you done this long enough now to actually see improvements at the level of the students in terms yes, of their I've performance? Had- Absolutely. Yes. It takes it takes a lot of time. You know, it takes especially it depends where the school is starting. But right. yes, there uh, there we have uh, a few of the schools that we've been working with for quite a while, uh, you know, we're talking five years, uh, mm-hmm. that, that it is starting definitely to reflect on the student performance. More importantly, it is reflecting on the uh, broadening of the range of uh, methods and uh, attempts from the teachers to problem solve, because, you know, like making the improvement at the, so attending to the needs of the students. So the things mm-hmm. that became very obvious is that there is a, uh, a broadening of the scope of what the teachers are capable to attend to, uh, of the fact that they are learning. And yes, we have uh, some evidence now starting to emerge. We're working uh, hopefully this coming year on harvesting that to document it, uh, where the impact is reaching the mm-hmm. students. Wow. Well, it's uh, that's a good point to end. We've run out of time, but it's nice to 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 see that uh, a dedicated professor like you at a fine university like AUB is working on the ground with ordinary men and women and young people in Arab countries, creating a little bit of hope for the future. And we need a lot of that. Thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, thank you, Professor Rima Karami, uh, a tenured associate professor of education, leadership and policy at AUB. Thank you for being our guest. And thanks to the audience for being with us. I'm your host, Rami Khoury. Join me again next week for another edition of Professors at Work. Bye for now.